listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Nobert, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. Well, hello, hello, ladies. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sarah, everyone all together at the same time. You beat me to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what this calls for? Some midnight margaritas. Yes. yes. Put, the put the lime in the, in the coconut. coconut. <laughs> Shake it all up. Put the lime in the coconut. Yes. Oh my God. Somebody I wish I had a margarita right now. Sit on the porch. For real, that would be actually really nice. Okay, guys, I have some mm-hmm. feedback for you. Do you mind if I just do it at the top of the show? Should we just oh, like, yeah, dive totally. in? Please. Okay. Okay, Sarah. Sarah. Because it was not that long ago on top of the show that you guys decided to start speculating about my love life pretty aggressively <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so aggro. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I was just like, oh, why are they talking about me so much? That's weird. Because um, um, we miss you. So an update on my relationship because I think everybody <gasps> seems to care yes, a lot. Please dish the gossip on that, Sarah. Dish it. Um, no, I am not turning on the pressure, Sean. Um, <laughs> I feel like we know where this is going. It's all directed to Sean. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, I am not turning up the pressure because um, we are both uh, mutually interested in matrimony in the future. It's not a pressure situation. <laughs> it's open communication and us both being on board. So being mature adults and shit like that. Whatever. I know. Also, like the vocabulary level, instead of like, yeah, we're interested in like getting married one day, it's mutual interest in matrimony. <laughs> I'm being Sarah, very speaking that right adult speak. <laughs> well, Brian's not here, so I gotta So turn you have it up to use the big words. <laughs> Your verisimilitude is showing, Sarah. <laughs> oh God. Where's my pasties? <laughs> Get the precogs out. Oh, <laughs> They're God. having a vision. <laughs> Uh, yes, um, and to answer Dave's question, uh, yes, uh, should something ever happen, I will totally try to take the dog and run, but um, <laughs> oh, we, will probably, we will probably have a joint custody situation over Chester, I'm sure, although oh my God. Reed has made it very clear ever since Chester came into our lives that it's his dog. Uh-huh. He, ha- he has all the legal paperwork, all that stuff, it's his dog. But. You're like, I'll see you in court, sucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you gotta, you'll end up like um, the the nail tech in Legally Blonde who like <laughs> runs over and like grabs the dog and just runs. Like, <laughs> you, exactly you, get, you get yourself a lawyer friend. You take Brian so he can use the big words yeah. and confuse <laughs> people. And then you just take the dog and run. I, I will <laughs> say, I know Chester would be very heartbreaking, very heartbroken, I should say, to not be with reed because he does live with reed all the time yeah i'm i'm only there you know a few times a week reed's there all the time but yeah that's um, with that we're also probably we're looking at moving in together soon and all Ooh, that jazz yeah. it's been long oh, enough it's been three and a half years but uh we've been waiting for him to finish his master's degree and just kind of you know give him that time to focus on that stuff while nice. uh, while we save a crap ton of money living apart so yeah <laughs> oh yeah seriously. for real it is cheaper for in this weird bay area housing market it is cheaper for us to live apart right now than it is for us to live together so no. oh yeah i mean it's yeah. rough yep it's a hard life right now but so that's you know. so that's that feedback <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I've, for feeding our backs i've got yeah. other i've got other feedback i'll save for the end of the show <laughs> Ooh, more Sarah feedback. Yeah. I'm excited. You know, I listen to you guys. I got things oh. to say. 
Mm-hmm. And we're so glad that you're back here with us. Oh, God, we are. Let the people know because boy, oh, boy, have we missed you. And it's just been like, like, I don't know. It's been different, you know, like we've done so much. And obviously you're still such a big part of like our lives. And mm-hmm. um, just so, so glad to have you back. And I think, you know, I, I give all credit to also Gina for thinking this up because this is perfect <laughs> timing. Um, considering that our favorite month is is approaching, is upon us. Oh yes, our true, favorite time of year. Well, I, I know, I, sorry. Gina. I'm seeing you're wearing like a little witchy shirt, right? So, what does your shirt I say? Am. My mm. shirt says "Witches do it better." Yes. I, <laughs> I was also wearing my uh, high priestess tarot card pendant that my Ooh. boyfriend bought me at the Ren Fair two years ago. Oh my um, god, Gina, but you're it was. Prepared. It was long and it was banging against the table. So unless y'all wanted this to be an audio nightmare, I took yeah. it off for recording purposes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I am wearing my Snow White uh, Don't Take Apples from Strangers shirt. Ooh, Ooh very um, nice. So seeing a little, maybe a little bit of a theme-ish here. And Roxy's yes. got David Bowie, who is very much a wizard. Yes, oh, yeah. he is so, a wizard. Um, yeah. Aladdin sane, everybody. Yeah, right. And and, and fact, how many of us are there together? There are three of us. Three there is a us. power of three going on right power now. Three bitches. <laughs> yes. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I'm Gina Giovanetti. And together ah. we are a coven. <laughs> yes. We are we are talking about which movies? Yes. Oh, yeah. We're about to get real spooky up in this bitch. It's it's super feminine up in here. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? If you want to call us like basic witches, whatever, (laughs) I got my pumpkin spice latte on in the campus cafe earlier today. And I have zero regrets about it. Give me those like comforty home spices. The trees (laughs) up here are starting to turn a little bit. I'm annoyed because it was still like mid 80s today, but I'm just like listen i'm gonna go back to my dorm i'm gonna make tea in my little cauldron mug and (laughs) use my little ghost tea steeper and just like angrily sip it on my bed and hope this is enough of a ritual to like will the fall into existence yeah seriously i mean i i I've done the I've I've had my I've had a PSL this season already Mm. that's true Mm -hmm. my my little pumpkin spice latte but I will admit I normally don't until it starts actually feeling like fall, but mm. in California, I feel like that's a really futile effort because it doesn't start feeling like fall for a long time. You yeah. know what you have <laughs> so to do? Like, you know I'm what just... you have to do? You just have to make it into a frappuccino and deal with it. That's what I did. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm I... like, all right, I'll have it frozen. Fine. Mine was iced. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, okay. So I get the I get go. the best of all worlds, but it's there also right, like, yeah. listen up, like up here come early October, it's either going to start to feel like fall or everything will literally be on fire like it was last year. So I'm just really hoping for that nice fall, rainy season. Let's get out of like fire danger because that – that real sucked last year. That was gnarly. I don't, I don't blame think you. any hey, of us. So I do want to say one thing that I think is pumpkin flavored and completely underrated before we dive into our actual topic. Because, oh my God, please. Um, try try to stop us from talking about pumpkin flavored beverages. It's <laughs> all so good, you guys. <laughs> pumpkin um, everything. The pumpkin smash from Jamba Juice. Ooh. That it actually is, sounds real good. It is real good. Um, they've been, They've had it for like 
I don't know, past five or six years. And, and it only sells in October. That, that almost tastes like a pumpkin spice smoothie, right? It's mm. basically a pumpkin smoothie, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I had it once, and speaking. I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I get my language. It, I like it. I don't it know where like a, a pumpkin pie, but like cold. Ooh. Like, ooh. <gasps> yeah. You know what I'd also recommend? The pumpkin huh. ice cream from Trader Joe's. Oh, hell yeah. That is a classic. Hell That's to a the yes. Staple in my refrigerator or freezer. Yes. yes. No, absolutely. I think we should dive in and conjure up some magic. What do you guys say? Yes, I would agree. let's do it. Okay, I wanna I want to find out. I want to ask each one of us what was your what was your gateway witch movie? <laughs> gateway witch movie. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, so I was literally like, okay, my my best my childhood best friend Noelle Sullivan, this beautiful blonde hair, blue eyed <laughs> little pretty little thing um her and i just grew up together watching all these disney movies to the end of you know end of our days like that that was our thing and she introduced me to the witches (laughs) she um, named her cat after the cat in the witches if you remember the cat oh my god i'm totally blanking on the name um Anyway, so yeah, like her and her mom were obsessed with that movie. And so I watched that one with them. And I think around that time I had probably seen Adam's Family. Um, So I was already starting to get into like Halloween movies anyway. You know, it was the early 90s. Like that was, you know, Disney Channel original movies were were the thing, were, were our jam. But The Witches was something I had never, ever seen before. Like, this was completely out of my depth. And I remember it scared <laughs> the living bejesus out of me. Well, um, Angelica, that shit is scurry. Like, oh, totally. Terrifying. <laughs> Angelica Houston is a boss-ass bitch in that movie. Oh, my God, yeah. It is like, so you, scary. Can you believe the fact? Can you believe? No. Like, can you? <laughs> like, I, I hear that they're trying to do a remake of it. What? And I, I I don't know how to feel about this. Apparently, Angelica Houston has totally rebuffed it and thinks it's a horrible idea, which I tend to concur with. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's something about that early. I mean, God, when then when did this movie come out? I want to say the late '80s, early '90s. I think I think The Witches was actually late 1990. 80s. Oh, it was 1990. That's okay, right, so right in that cusp. So you have like the practical effects sort of raw design mm-hmm. that this movie has and oh my uh, god that moment where you yeah. see all the witches like yeah. strip off like turn their, back into fucking yeah. rats and yes. yeah <laughs> and then like yeah and just just that image of yeah. angelica houston peeling that gorgeous angelica yeah. houston face away and uh-huh. reveal this ugliness and the big hooked nose with like the skin hanging off of it oh, and there, there's an yeah. image too that like i it had to have been a makeup practical effect where someone walks into their conference room and she's halfway through putting the face back on so oh it's God. all this like exposed up on her forehead <laughs> and she has this look on her face like you know she's been caught getting dressed or or yeah. something and it's mm. so good <laughs> it is brilliant it could not be better and you know of course we're talking about um the the witches being uh, based off of a book and the mm-hmm. author roald dahl i mean roald dahl had a, just a 
genius ability to write children's literature that was so just great at capturing a kid's experience and these kids always were in these dire you know circumstances right i mean we're mm-hmm. talking about like matilda was obviously another example and um, willy wonka BF- and the chocolate factory yeah willy wonka bfg mm-hmm. like the kids in these stories were always in dire circumstances and they always had to like you know get the get themselves out of it of course in fantastical ways um and the witches is no exception like i mm-hmm. remember identifying with that orphan boy so Aww. heavily and like wanting him to win so badly and just like destroy the those witches and then remember when they turned him into a little mouse and he had escaped yeah like that was like the most realistic like scene for me ever because i could not have felt more powerless in certain points in my childhood and i just remember feeling like like that boy and angelica houston's character was just this symbol for so much oppression um, mm-hmm. And obviously, like the way that she ran her coven, I mean, mm-hmm. she she ran it like a boss, you know. You, oh yeah. yeah. I learned about the power of the witch through her presence. Like she definitely uh, was a good introduction for me to seeing just how scary it can be. But then, of yeah. course, like the older I got, like you know, uh, I think the first film that really kind of changed things for me was was Harry Potter, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Professor okay. McGonagall. And she kind of like brought me back down to earth and sort of like helped me trust that not all witches are bad, you know, like they can all, some of them can be (laughs) scary grandmas to be sure, but like, you know, some of them can protect you too. So I just remember being so caught up in it and not being able to suspend my disbelief whatsoever. Um, (laughs) All right. What about you, Gina? Yeah. Um, I would say probably um, because it came before Harry Potter. Like, you all know I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. But before Harry Potter, um, there was Hocus Pocus. Yeah! And I think, like, I was born in 1990. And so eventually I grew to develop kind of a Halloween trifecta of films in my youth. And this was before I was exposed to, like, other movies um that i'll mention later so my halloween trifecta was the nightmare before christmas beetlejuice and hocus pocus and so like beetlejuice yes exactly so like a combination of like the magic and kind of kid friendly um you know which villains in hocus pocus combined with um there's the scene in beetlejuice where they're holding the seance and oh yeah to like you know bring the Maitlands back and they you know have their their wedding clothes and stuff up there um and there is a scene where like you know fucking Otho is leading the the seance but there's a moment where they're all sitting there and they're all chanting and that sort of thing and I remember being like three or four and watching Beetlejuice and watching this scene with the seance Mm -hmm. and not fully understanding what was going on, but thinking, I want to do that. Nice. Um, And so this is no surprise that I grew into a very, very spooky goth wannabe mid 20 year old. Um, And so, and then from there we also had Hocus Pocus. And obviously, you know, the the young- Sisters, um, from a calming circle. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> mommy scorpion pie. Um, and so, like, what I what I liked I'm in up, that. I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> what I liked in that was there there was a lot of like there was so much personality in that movie. There was um, you know adventure going on and you know bright colors and just like everything that a little weird spooky kid like me would want out of a Halloween 
movie and that's that's just that's just the good halloween shit right there gorgeous (laughs) 90s aesthetic right right like new england in the fall aesthetic oh god yeah i think yeah i think we mentioned (laughs) it in like the back to school episode last year where it's like yeah it's that very new england back to school aesthetic where there's like a very (laughs) fall feel to it and we don't get that in california we do not get that at all no we don't no, we, we were, don't. We were robbed of our <laughs> good weather. We right. were robbed. We were oh, robbed. God. Okay. That's amazing, Gina. I'm so I I'm so happy that you brought that up because it's oh, the of course. truth. I'm sorry. I just want to jump back quickly. The cat in the witches was called Liebchen. Liebchen oh yeah, which is Liebchen. German for my dear. And my oh. friend's cat was still named Liebchen. That's so, so cute. She calls her cat. So sorry. So Sarah, Sarah, Sarah what, was what was your? What do you? Did you have any sort of gateway witch movie that maybe we haven't mentioned or oh, something yeah. like that? Oh yeah. Girl, I think um, I know what you're going to say. I know, right? So I had obviously watched other witch movies up to this point, but this is the one that made me actually, I mean, okay, the the year the year was 1998. <laughs> Set it up for us, Sarah. Bring us home. <laughs> um, was the Smith's How Soon Is Now on the radio? Uh, and it was 1998. When I saw this movie, although it had come out a couple of years prior, mm-hmm. but it was not typically one that my parents would let me watch because it was rated R. Hey. Ooh. And I was in sixth grade, just about to go into middle school, and the movie is The Craft. Yes. I'm human and I want to be loved just and like anybody that's else. That's charmed. <laughs> no, oh, they, no, they use it. They is, use it in the craft right, too. Like I totally forgot that part. That's, there, what's the, up. that's why. That's why I asked. Is the Smiths <laughs> yeah. House Soon is now on the radio yeah. because it like there's a line of it through much witch related. That's true. Media. But yeah. I think the oh the the charmed version. Uh, I believe was actually a cover by a band called Love Spit Love. Sure, Ooh, Gina yeah. dropping the trivia. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Um, so give me all your your crafty and love. Yes. So uh, so, and I'll admit it did have an impact because um, when I <laughs> then went into junior high, I had friends who you know quote unquote practiced Wicca, and I did it too. And like that, this was like <laughs> totally. Totally my teen or like my tween goth phase. Oh my god! Into this, so good. Not, I was never I was never full blown goth because my parents would let me leave the house dressed like that. But same, you know, I, I had my dark moments. Um, same at that time, oh and uh, so the craft was a big one. I remember, like at recess in sixth grade, because um, we didn't have a in, in Fremont Unified School District. We did not have. Um, Middle school, we had like elementary school was like K through six, and then yeah. um, junior and then high is seventh. Junior eighth. high seventh eighth, yeah. So in sixth grade, on a recess, like sitting out there in the playground with my friends while we were literally acting out the scenes from the movie. Were you calling it. corners at recess, Sarah? We were calling were- corners at recess. <laughs> I love it. That's I- amazing. I would have been your friend so hard. Yeah. I was the Nev Campbell character. <gasps> I was going to ask you which one you identified with the most. Like I, I was, Nev- I was the Nev Campbell character. Mm-hmm. I think I, I feel like most of us are Nev Campbell when we want to be Feruza Bach. I mean, yeah. that's probably true. Feruza I'm Bach Feruza is, on is the bad And day. let's talk about Feruza Bach. Where did she go after Waterboy? Um, <laughs> she totally like. 
uh, I believe she has she's like she has like her own bees and she makes like beeswax candles That's and amazing. stuff. She's Good like a beekeeper. I think Cage. she I think she also bought the store that they used um in the craft as oh well gosh. and like ran that for a That's while. Amazing. I forget I forget what the store was called. I think it was I want to say it was called like Pan Pipes or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I think but they for the 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 movie but then I think they actually she actually bought the shop and operated it Damn. for a while as well. Nice. Which so is I just dope. looked her up. She's still acting. Um, okay. She does a lot of guest appearances. Uh, if you guys watch Ray Donovan, she was on Ray Donovan. Um, she's filming a movie called Right <laughs> called Hell Is Where the Home Is. Oh my sure. god. Okay. That's oh that my sounds god. that sounds about right. That sounds pretty <laughs> fucking accurate. Um, and she was also in Bad Lieutenant. Um, nice. I think remember? she's also done some voice work too. Yeah, Family Guy. Okay, okay. yeah. Uh, so I, she's still I love doing her. her thing. She's still fire rusing it up. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I so yeah, that movie was very impactful. I remember watching it with my mom too because again, it was rated R and not typically a movie I was supposed to watch, but because it wasn't like uh particularly sexy or particularly I mean, the violence wasn't like gratuitous or anything like that. Yeah. So so she was like, okay, you can watch it. And then she just sat there, and the amount of swearing in that movie, I just remember her and like the occultness and everything. She's just standing yeah. there, like, it's like, like so watching this movie regrets. with me, with like this most like shocked look on her face, like, is this really appropriate for my sixth grader to be watching? But ah! all right, we're yes. already here. Oh my God. Well, yeah, no, definitely. They had the moments in there were questionable at best for, yeah. for young ones. There um, were, I, but it I think, captured a lot sorry, of like accurate teen angst so yes well i think also um the thing that's a little bit different from with the craft from the movies that we mentioned before like the witches or like hocus pocus um or even like things like the wizard of oz that depicted witches before Mm -hmm. the craft was one of those instances that kind of moved away from that typical view of that kind of like very flamboyant like kind of witch and and really moved into the like um, that modern. kind of modern idea of magic that's that kind mm-hmm. of like, for lack of a better term, that sort of new agey yeah. sort of belief. And so where wherein it, it becomes almost more of a belief system or a faith system yeah, and not a, just, I'm doing spells. Right, yeah. and it's, it's kind of bringing back that sort of paganism. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that sort of power of self and power of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really freaking cool. Uh, there's a yeah. reason why all this stuff still relates with me. Um, yeah. And at the same, right. and like and around that same time, that was also doing that was one of my other favorites, mm. Practical Magic. <gasps> oh Yay! yes, yes. Oh, it's which staple. is just ridiculously charming and yes. ages so well still. It yeah. really does. It, I, it really has aged beautifully and it's timeless. Yes. And I will tell you this right now, the DVD special features are fucking incredible. You mm. actually have to create a spell in order to access secret like home I videos of the cast really. members. Like I'm sitting there with my DVD remote, like trying to like spell, <laughs> <laughs> like access the features, and I'm like, what the fuck? You, like, you, you gotta get you gotta get that little like Harry Potter wand remote where you have to like wave it around to like change the channels and stuff. It fucks me up. It fucks me up. But I'm like, God damn it, that's so creative and just so true to to form for that film well, it really it, holds up against time it was interesting because i was before today i was reading an article about um 
there was a I forget I I'll find it and I'll let you guys know what it is. I just don't my phone is dying so I can't look it up right now. But there's an article out there where there was a reporter that kind of pooled um, women who self identify who self identified as witches on social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit, mm-hmm. and asked them like what what witch movies they felt were like most true to to form and things like that and mm-hmm. universally like practical magic was the one that i think was most accepted because it really gave that sense of community it gave yeah. that sense of like you know there is a certain level uh and with with any faith you know i use that term very umbrella um of kind of that idea of potentially tapping into something that you're not in full control of Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is also like very holistic approaches to things like outside of the home i think sandra bullock's character runs like a like all natural like an apothecary shop and like apothecary and so you know it's it's things like that that kind of ring a little more true than like you know i'm feruza bach and i'm suddenly gonna like beach all of these sharks because mm-hmm. these are my gifts like yeah you know i'm not gonna think... make a pact with the devil right yeah exactly right right yeah. so and i think she, this is yeah. we can kind of talk about this um you know i i know sometimes on this podcast we'll get a little listy well we'll just keep talking about like we'll just mm-hmm. list a bunch of movies but yeah um i kind of want to talk a little bit about the Lack of representation? (laughs) Well, there's that. But, like, the social context for for witchery and why is this so – why does this resonate so much? Why is it so female? I mean, I think there's this um, idea that, you know, you know, just, you know, out of reality, women have been oppressed for a very long time. We have been powerless in our society. And Mm -hmm. the idea of – something that makes us powerful we're super interested in Mm -hmm. and uh you know how does that become then scary to the patriarchy and then all of a sudden which has become evil Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's nothing mm. like a powerful woman that scares the bejesus out of uh dudes and Mm -hmm. dudes and so historically it's been women with agency that have Mm -hmm. been accused of being Being witches witches. and like i did a whole project on this for a women gender studies course in community college that was called um the name the name of the project was called malleus maleficarum the historical um persecution of women under the guise of the supernatural oh my god i miss college so much right (laughs) that Um, sounds amazing gina my my wgs professor was amazing um and Mm. so like this was something where you saw the witch hunts happen first in europe and then you saw them come to america and you're still seeing it globally in um in countries like africa or india where africa is not a country though that, that's right. I'm um, continents. Yes. Thank you for catching that. You I, are correct. Sorry. I, I am, <laughs> if you if you want to know that and redo it. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. No, I appreciate you calling me on it. I think I meant to say West Africa. Oh, um, okay. But that's you like know. where voodoo is based from. Right? Yeah. And so yeah, like and so you know there. No, I I appreciate you calling me on it, Sarah. That's totally fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, countries like India and play and places like 
Africa. There we yes. go. Um, where there's still a certain level of um, the idea of something supernatural within certain faith communities and certain belief systems there, yeah. that there are still people being persecuted for being witches globally. And even, you know, I don't want to just like foist that on like, oh, it's like, other places problems now no we still have terms like witch hunt being thrown around in our Mm -hmm. media and in politics and things and so it's something where historically it has been women of all colors of all um genders that are are kind of being persecuted for displaying some sort of agency whether it's and otherism and otherism yeah yeah um That's, that's hard and to I work think that around. that's beautifully reflected in the history of film, right? I mean, I think just historically for context sake, our first exposure to a witch in film that was really mainstream was The Wizard of Oz. And you yeah. saw how those witches were portrayed and how the concept of otherness was really um, sort of the focal point of that mm-hmm. story and how, you know, th- there's this concept of good and evil and how split that is, how black and yeah. white it is in, in that kind of storyline mm-hmm. and how it's evolved over time to become this, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, it goes without saying that we had to mention the crucible and, of and how the witchcraft itself is a, a point of... Um, uh, it's it's a main focal point and of course you know we're it's based off of the film itself i'm referring to is the one um from the 90s with daniel day lewis um, winona writer yeah yeah yeah. but of course yeah. like the play the arthur miller play was much older than that um you follow like this historical context of how witches in in pop culture and in film and theater and television even i mean bewitched Hello, like mm-hmm. yeah. it's. It, I love how witch, witches and witchcraft has either been villainized or romanticized or fetishized, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and how it's become much more sort of uh, mystical and normalized and celebrated. In, sure, in well, our and it, but it comes generation. and goes. It comes and goes yeah. of whether it's um, celebrated, and I think that there's a strong context for how it's celebrated, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. um, right now, I. I would expect at the same time like we would in the late 90s where there was, you know, a good sense of female empowerment, you know, Spice Girls, girl power. A lot of that stuff was kind of riot girl really big at that time. So which movies would see a big upswing? I would say Mm -hmm. probably right now with the Me Too era and a lot of, um, you know, the backlash against our I'm just going to say it, our god awful presidency right now, um, (laughs) you know, where I would expect that we would see a bump in witchiness. I mean, seeing signs at the women's march <laughs> of saying, you know, we're the we're the daughters of the witches you didn't burn. You know, like mm-hmm. there, this is this is like a cultural. I mean, this is there's something to be sold here. Yeah, <laughs> really huge, right. huge. And I, and but yeah. in between then, in between that time, you have movies like. Blair Witch Project and a bunch mm-hmm. of other horror movies that are kind of going back to the villain witch again mm-hmm. um, and kind of really still playing on uh, the evilness of it. I think, yeah. you know, you have, you know, there's kind of also been this slow progression of um, voodoo portrayal, mm-hmm. right? And us, you know, I think more so mainstream audiences need to see more of a difference between voodoo and hoodoo which yeah. are actually two different types of magic within, you know, within that culture. 
Yeah. And and I think that's wholly underrepresented. So. Right. Definitely, and, definitely. And as Roxy brought up before, there's a total lack of representation. And like for for as much as we can talk big about like the idea of witches in media is super empowering because especially to, you know, women who maybe have felt like they've been marginalized over you know, it's years and years and years of historical for yeah. white women. Yeah, it's very yeah. empowering for for white women, and it's something where we need to see that type of empowerment for all women. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes when we see women of color portrayed as witches, there's like a complete misrepresentation of what voodoo is. Because like, I I took an anthro class, and it was like the term voodoo. So like v o o d o o is a creation by Hollywood. The actual term is vodun, which is v o u d o u n. And that's kind of built on very um, Caribbean style. Um, I want to use the term mysticism, but I don't think that's right. If a no, listener can I mean, correct it's, me, it's ritualism so. and mysticism. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's of, of ritualism that's then combined with uh, a variety of, of other things. And I think that there are. Um, and a lot of it is rooted in like, you know, herbal working and, and that sort of thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately, like, I think one of the most recent things that Roxy brought up when we were preparing for this episode was, uh, Angela Bassett's portrayal of, um, the voodoo queen of the bayou, Marie Laveau in, Mm -hmm. um, one of the more, one of the coven season of American Horror Story. Um, I personally, because I love, you know, Marie Laveau and I think she's super cool and like I mentioned I was like a spooky kid and now I'm a spooky adult so that's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I research in my free time um, <laughs> like as one does um, stay spooky I, my friends I, I felt that like Angela Bassett as Marie Laveau was incredibly underutilized and mm-hmm. so you know she was kind of seen as this powerhouse at first but then her storyline really kind of fell away in favor of the storylines for the rest of the mostly white cast including Kathy Bates as Delphine Lalaurie who is like an incredibly notorious murderer of her slaves and so like I felt that that was a very strange thing to do to try to rectify to try to rectify the very famous woman of color, Marie Laveau, voodoo queen, with this, you know, murderous white woman that was somehow being weirdly tweaked into a sympathetic story for this season that, like, did not sit right with me. Honestly, sure. though, that goes along the, with the lines of fetishism, of witch witchcraft. I would Because agree. that's Ryan Murphy, you know? Like, yeah. his shows are just... Yeah. Honestly, it's... it's it's entertainment it's not meant to take it's 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 just something to talk about and something to to trend about on twitter um mm-hmm. i think it's a shame because he did a, he had some source material there that he really could have taken and really like um done correctly and and done more i think in favor of angela bassett's character but i think definitely she was used as a pawn and as a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a as an object I yeah. really do see that. And, you know, I mean, they obviously had fun making that season. <laughs> well, yeah. Because um, that entire season was all about, like, just the aesthetic of being a witch. And nothing, I think, deeper than that. Um, and that's just been that whole entire series' through line. It's just nothing deeper than shock and and viewership and aesthetic, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's a shame that, like, in 2018, or at least in, you know, this later century that 
you know, mediums like television and film are still relying on that. That's that's low hanging fruit. You know, did you guys check out the film um, The Witch that came out? Who I like, did. Yeah, I the year before. I, I was one. not a fan with Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, I mean, even that it just it, they were like touting it as like the best horror film of you know the last decade. I'm just they like, always say that. They always yeah. do. They always do. But it's just for shock value. And I, I stopped watching it like the first 15 minutes. And I mean, I just lost interest well, in it because, again, like there's no there's nothing really that I haven't seen before with this kind right. of stuff. You know, my my issue with that one personally is that like it drew a lot from the like historical Puritan view of witches mm-hmm. where like a lot of it was sensationalism. There were people accused of being witches without anything actual without any like actual witch. Yeah. So my, it's just another my, crucible. Yeah. And so like my issue with the witch was like a, from, was more from a storytelling perspective because it's like if you want to give me like a historical witch accusation film like the crucible cool but like if you're just gonna like my issue with that one was like either have a witch or don't the problem yeah. was i felt that the story was very inconsistent in that mm-hmm. like spoilers like the main character thomason's little brother was actually kidnapped by a witch that you see what she does with the baby but then the family continues to accuse thomason Mm -hmm. and you continue to see like an actual witch when like the family is accusing the daughter and so like what was scary about the puritan uh, sensibility was that they were accusing people who were just like women of agency or things like that. Meanwhile, like I didn't understand what angle the witch, the movie was trying to take where again, it's like either fucking have a witch or don't like mm-hmm. I found that with I found a, a lot of inconsistency in the story. And yeah. that was my problem. So I was just I was just thinking too because you know you kind of mentioned Bewitched and I heard some rumors that uh, Bewitched is gonna get um, rebooted and mm. that that they were gonna go with um, not white casting <gasps> um, at least Bring for it. at least for the main witch um, I heard right. that rumor um, Charmed is getting a reboot and it's yeah. rebooted it's rebooting with um three latina sisters nice that i'm actually really looking forward to and the yeah, i'm interested to see series yeah i'm interested in the sabrina series which i mean i, I don't think that's going to be diverse at all but it's really cool that it's coming no, back it i'm looking is, forward to actually. it actually i the, think there's three other witches beside her in her oh, nice. really yeah okay. one of them i believe is asian american and there's african-american and i believe there's a white one too well, okay i stand um, corrected yeah I'm, it's cool right I'm really excited for that series and I'm interested to see if, you know, they if it is a little more diverse that like they aren't the the other two are not um like tokenized. Either. Sure, yeah, of course. Of that's course. something yeah. to watch. That's a pitfall for sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean talking about the charmed one, I'm so with the bewitched one what I read seemed like they were kind of turning the story on its head enough um that it was going to be very much kind of its own thing away from mm-hmm. the original TV series mm-hmm. and like, you know, oh, far, far, far away from the, you know, dumpster fire that was the movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the Charmed reboot, I, I'm i interested to see it, but I'm a little less confident in it because this is to me one of those situations where it's like, 
why couldn't you just give us a new story that focused on Latina witches? Why does like why does not it just, have to not, be charmed? And it's not because I'm feeling precious about Charmed. I'm not that precious about Charmed. Um, I did enjoy the show, but I'm not that precious about. I, one, some of my friends are. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never um, really got into it myself, so I. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show, watched all of it, um, but it's more like I, I want them to have their own. I not. It would be mm-hmm. nice to have their own stories, to develop their own stories, and and really, you know, kind of. Uh, not have to the only way that it'll get made is if it's a reboot of this white property you know what i mean right well, that's, I know, that's the the context that i want to be very clear about <laughs> yeah, yeah i know that there there were rumors of that happening with buffy the vampire slayer too yeah. where oh we're gonna reboot buffy but like the slayer is gonna be like black or of of color to and me, that you know that, like, that, seemed, that was yeah that like was, was more the, of a continuation actually really okay what what i'm saying of the torch well, because okay. you know, like how at the end of Buffy, they um, unlocked basically all the oh, all the potentials that yeah. could have been. Um, I, from my understanding, and I could be wrong, but I I thought that that was kind of where they were taking it. That it was like a new Slayer. Oh, you know. okay. Oh, a I passing think, of the stake. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I think I think more what I was seeing was that like. It, uh, but but even even if it is a continuation, it's it's still more one of those like why can you not just have a new story for yes. someone in this position who yeah. also happens to be of color without feeling like you're just like well we're gonna redo this thing but it's gonna be a black girl now aren't we mm. doing so well like right that's exactly. that's kind of what it reeks of a little bit is just like we're gonna take these previously white properties and reboot them and just put colored people in the your you know actors of color not colored people that's reeks of racism sorry no Um, i see your point gina and at the same time like ever since oscar so white remember that yeah season i think hollywood has been overcorrecting itself with including um actors of color um, in all of their work it is but it isn't right so diversity is still like statistically diversity is still really really low yeah Mm -hmm. however the bigger problem is is not just what we see on camera but it's also all the people behind the camera it's all the writers Mm -hmm. it's the directors it's who's who's telling the story yep Mm -hmm. um and that i think if we were start opening it up to genuine creators of color Mm -hmm. then we would start getting that diversity and yeah i and i would love to see that reflected in these you know, occult movies that had been just so dominated by white ladies up to this point. Right. And like, I think outside of um, there in the craft, there was one of the friends was black and Rochelle's Rochelle's character. And even then she was pretty minor and she just got picked on by Ben Stiller's wife the whole time. Exactly. (laughs) And like, and it, it, for me, it seems like there's also this line that's drawn between like, okay, if we have a black witch, she's, she's a voodoo witch, but you know, white girls can be like cute little new agey witches. And meanwhile, like, I kind of want to see like, you know, new agey crystal fun witchcraft, you know, for for everyone i want to see you know you know teenage witches and old witches and even like fat witches that aren't just like trans witches i want to see like first nations witches and indian witches and black witches and asian witches and like i want to see witchcraft for everyone because every Hmm. single culture has this yeah they all have their form of it right so like let's let's pull it in let's see the diversity of the world yeah exactly across all this 
So yes, yeah. yes, yeah, we're all on board. Why, why doesn't Hollywood just like hire us to drive everything? Right <laughs> just here, uh. here. Give me, give me a bag of Cheetos, and we'll sit in this pitch room, and we'll just toss you guys ideas, and it'll be great. Yeah. And we'll throw Cheetos at the people that don't agree with us. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. So let's do while we're um, kind of getting closer to the end here. Why don't we talk about? Um, just well let's just do some special shout outs for ones that we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. because um like for me um one that i really enjoy um about a witch is kiki's delivery service oh yeah, yeah. so cute beautifully animated too oh, miyazaki oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes at his best at his prime Oh. And that's that's a very sweet, like, coming-of-age story, too. And there's this beautiful connection of, like, growing up and kind of coming into a sense of power as well. Yep. Where, like, okay, cool, great. Uh, <laughs> at least, like, <laughs> puberty is happening. So you're probably getting <laughs> your period. But you're also getting powers. So give and take here. Yeah, hey. right? <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Um, um, I, what about you, Gina? Um, for shout outs, uh, I do, I do want to give a special shout out to Wizard of Oz because, um, more so a shout out to like Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch of the West, because I think like such conviction in that. And, you know, yes, it may have been like a very stereotypical view of like what a witch is, but I think it's like Roxy said, it's one of the first times we actually saw like a, a witch in media. Um, also Glinda is a shady bitch because (laughs) let me, let me tell you, she tells Dorothy only that, you know, Glinda tells Dorothy that she herself is a good witch and only bad witches are ugly. Mm. And then to Dorothy's face asks her if she is a good witch or a bad witch. Uh, that's true. That Glinda is, uh, is a shady bitch. Yeah, that was that's that's a shady move. That's <laughs> not good. Shadiest. Um, and then other another one I want to give a shout out to is a movie that came out the same year as The Witch. But um, I don't think got as much attention because it was a slightly more artsy film that was made by a woman who actually really had to fight for um, getting the film made and fitting within the vision that she had for it. And it's a movie called The Love Witch. Um, And if you Google this, it says it was made like – you know, two, three years ago or whatever, but it legit looks like it was made in like the 60s or 70s. It has that very very soft look to it. Everyone's makeup is very like 60s, 70s. It does have a little bit of that like fetishy flavor Mm. to it, like certain Like kind of like an exploitation type film? A little bit, but I want to say it's not... I don't want to call it like witch exploitation because it's not, you know. But no, like she she's kind of using her attractiveness as a power, which is a little but bit exploitive. But, but it's kind I of like that. the it's kind of like the Valley of the Dolls type exploited mm-hmm. like thing where it's like, yeah, sure they're empowered, but like, are they empowered? You know, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, 
that one was actually really interesting. And I think okay. that one is is more fascinating because it did come out the same year as The Witch, did not get nearly as much mm-hmm. attention because yeah. it wasn't being touted as a horror film. And ultimately, like the the woman who created it faced a lot of back not backlash, but a lot of like pushback mm. for what she was trying to do and had um, you know, people like try to slander her or try to like fuck up the production just because they didn't agree with what she as the creator and as the director was trying to do and like Mm. it was it's an it's an interesting thing in that you see the main character trying to kind of harness her own power and use her her um her um like female aura as her power and you know you also need to understand that like that's what was going on behind the camera too that the director herself had to kind of take her power back during Mm -hmm. the filmmaking process that's wild what about Uh, you roxy I mean, you guys, come on. How have we not talked about Sleepy Hollow? Oh, Sleepy <laughs> Ooh, Hollow yeah. so good. Okay, let's talk about Miranda Richardson as the crone witch. Yeah. Ooh. She really freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> oh, that very, uh, yeah. that kind of. Um, okay, the whole scene between yeah. her and Johnny Depp when she's like conjuring um, basically his fortune. Mm-hmm. And like takes her eyeballs out. What does she do? Like her eyeballs like come out of her head at one point. And yeah, they like, like shoot, and that's that's yeah. when she's like chained herself down yep. so she doesn't like attack him. And right. she gets like the possessed eyes and does the whole like ha ah, take the Indian trail to the tree of the dead kind of jam. Yeah. yeah, that is iconic. Oh, man. Iconic cinema. That is really um, good. Honestly, Sleepy Hollow. You, Sarah, you were talking earlier about your kind of movie staples that you like to watch. Or yeah. I think Gina, you also mentioned Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow is definitely a staple for me. Like, nice. it's, mm-hmm. it's a Halloween must must do. That's and perfect. It gets me in the mood, man. You talk about that aesthetic, and you talk about you know such a dynamic uh, cast and story. I think it's one of Tim Burton's best, and it really nice. has done no wrong. So it is a it is a really yeah. good one. Okay, let's let, let's wrap on. Uh, <laughs> Ones that we just hate. (laughs) Ones that we just hate. And for me, I'll have to put this one out there. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. (laughs) So bad. Oh, I saw that in theaters. Oh my god. So bad. And it's like the depiction of witches is just like they're practically gargoyles. It's so it's literally like Hawkeye and a British girl go into the forest and try to like fuck up some women. (laughs) Like literally there's no acting. It's It's so dumb. So bad. Oh my God. Okay. So on top of that, I have to say season of the witch with Nick Cage. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, That one came out in 2011, and essentially it's Nicolas Cage fucking up Claire uh, uh, Claire Foy, um, who plays uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Mm. So this is one of her early films before she, like, obviously had her breakout performance um, in The Crown. But uh, (laughs) it's Nick Cage and Ron Perlman, like walking through um england during the crusades and like basically having to like escort this like accused witch um through this like haunted forest it's just it's all bad it's all bad but it's all good because it's just like it's you can't stop watching it's a train wreck i love it i love it so season of the witch (laughs) y'all um 
So I I mentioned before um, my issues with the witch, um, and I I I realize I'm emphasizing the witch when I say it because like when you look at the poster instead of a W, they've used like the two Vs or yeah. whatever, which that I think is stupid. <laughs> that it was a stupid design choice for a stupid movie. She was like, have um, you seen the bitch? I'm like, wait. So tell I, us how you really feel. Right? No, it really grinds my gears. Um, but you know, um, so instead, because I, I already, you know, mentioned my issues with the witch, I'm actually going to mention one more that I know we have not mentioned. And I think, I don't know if it was actually a movie. It may have been a mini series. Um, but I do want to mention Mists of Avalon. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So miniseries. I I like the book a lot. Um, Marion Zimmer Bradley is problematic. I understand that. Um, who's, but who's this? Marion who? The Marion Zimmer Bradley is the author of Mist of Avalon. Um, oh. But I really like the book. And there was a miniseries that I think was made also in the late '80s, early '90s. And when Roxy said um, medieval Europe, it kind of reminded me of that. So, Mist mm. uh, of Avalon is a story that is the Arthurian legends from the perspective of the women. So you get primarily uh, Morgan Le Fay's perspective. Um, you get some brief chapters from like Guinevere, and then you also get. Um, Vivienne, who is the Lady of the Lake, who in this particular adaptation is played by our our girl Angelica Houston. Yeah, nice. so I remember um, watching that miniseries with my mom, like on it, TNT back in the day. It is, a, <laughs> it is a little dated. Like I watched it on YouTube, and it it is a little dated. There's some like cheesy transitions and things, but like I kind of have to watch it now. You realize this? Yeah, the yeah. it is it is a fun like empowering witch story oh my god okay I think, yeah. so I think it's really cool two honorable mentions are snow white and the huntsman and the skeleton key okay <laughs> yeah Ooh, okay do you guys remember skeleton key with kate hudson no i oh never saw skeleton key oh i did uh she basically goes into a haunted house in louisiana and the rest is history that's all you need to know okay Ooh, okay um, uh, can then, i give a oh go <laughs> ahead no, I was just saying, like, Snow White and the Huntsman. I mean, Charlize Theron is in a, you know, a league of her own, so I can't She is pretty incredible. Too badly on her, but, of course, Kirsten Dunst, or not Kirsten Dunst, I'm sorry. Kristen um, Stewart. Kristen Stewart had to ruin it with her just blase Well, the rest portrayal. of the movie was really stupid. It was a Western set as a fairy tale. It was very bizarre. There you go. Um, there you go. But, but yeah, that's uh, all I, have to say about that. I mean, there were literally scenes out of True Grit in that movie. It was, it, <laughs> so it was really weird. Um, I, mean. I actually want to give a positive shout out because I totally forgot to mention this movie, um, which is Eastwick. Oh, oh shit. hell yeah! <gasps> oh, oh man, no! Like, how did that's... we go this whole episode without mentioning that first? Yeah, that's. Oh. That- my god that's the book though where like john updike literally does not know how women pee oh yeah of course not i'm not talking about the book i'm talking about freaking share share and michelle pfeiffer and fucking susan Susan sarandon Sarandon so and jack nicholson yes jack nicholson i i like watching that movie though i'm just like but Y'all can do so much better oh, yeah. than Jack Nicholson, though. Yeah, but you know. Yet somehow you all fucked him. What happened? It was the times. Yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah, that's Ugh. true. Times no. were different then. That's such a good <laughs> shout out, Sarah. I cannot yeah. believe I almost yeah. forgot about which is the that East is, that is some That is some 80s goodness. Oh, like, you Lord. get. Like, that's like if you want 
like a slightly more intense yeah. practical magic. Yes. Like, that's exactly. in that same vein where it's like, oh, is practical magic a little too vanilla for you? Okay, yeah. well, maybe maybe we'll do... We'll, it's the we'll, hornier version. We'll turn it up a notch and you can watch yeah. Witches of East. Yeah, right. <laughs> can you consider Death Becomes Her a witch movie? Not I don't. really. I mean, it's <laughs> sort of. It has like a, it has a potion, but that's the extent of it. Yeah, that's like fair. there, there's so. no one that like identifies as like yeah. a witch there. That's yeah. more like an immortality thing than right. than witch. But like, I just, I just want to see like the back of the DVD <laughs> description of Witches of Eastwick, and it just says like practical magic, but horny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we have the, our episode title. Oh yep. yes, so good. <laughs> um, so okay, good. so I awesome. have twenty percent battery left on my laptop. Oh, okay, shit. so we should we should start wrapping let's, this up then. Uh, so should we get on to some listener feedback? Listener let's feedback, yes, feed let's some do. Back. Listener feedback. Yeah. So we've got some feedback from somebody. Um, from TJ Williams. And it reads, my undying love for all things nerdonomy. Aw. Aw, that's so sweet. So he says, hello, nerds. I hope all is well with each and every one of you and your families. Before I get into the individual love for each of you, I want to say how much nerdonomy family means to me. I have been struggling with depression the last couple of years, and finding your podcasts has been exactly what I have needed in my life. Wow. Aww. That is high praise. I have listened to Nerds on History at least five times all the way through, and Nerds on Film at least three times. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? Eric, come back. Sarah, <laughs> please. I need you more. I need more of you in my ears. Oh, Sarah. Well, here I am. And a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have all become family over the last year or two due to how much you are playing in my ears. And on to the love. Brian, congratulations to you and Vanessa on your wedding and wishes of many years of marriage. Gina, congrats on pursuing your education. Roxy, your unwavering spirit and joy is so contagious. It's amazing. Sean, you filthy fuck. Hope all is well and that your stressful (laughs) work life calms a bit down so you're able to enjoy your life and be on the show more often. And Dave, congrats on the new gig and recent marriage. Eric, I hope everything is well with you and your family and that you are still the same hilarious, kind, and sharp man you have always been. Sarah, I hope all is well. I hope life is treating you with the love and joy you give to all. Stay sexy, nerds. Love, TJ. P.S. TJ. I need more nerds on history in my life if possible. Um, Yeah, so we've talked about possibly doing uh, nerds on history specials, um, like little suites of episodes um in the future and i think it's still on the table um nothing has been set in stone i don't think that brian eric and i have had a specific conversation about it but we've kicked around the idea so hopefully that'll come sometime in the future um now that uh you know brian's hitched and not planning a wedding so who knows who knows Time has opened up and the time has come for a reunion of sorts. So I I support that wholeheartedly. But we will also use this time then to let you guys know that we will be taking, well, we, I say we as if I'm regularly on the show. Um, (laughs) Y'all will be taking a bit of a break, a little teensy, teensy hiatus, um, simply because we are working on a little something, something special to mark the 200th episode of Nerds yeah. on Film. This is episode 199, you guys. 
We're <gasps> heading into episode 200? I know. I know. It's Seven like almost hard to believe. I can't even. Oh my gosh. I know. To think that this was like... I have spent so many years doing this podcast. It's really... It's bonkers. <laughs> it's really bonkers. Seriously. Um, bonkers is the word for it because it's just been a, such a long time coming and I can't believe the show has just had its longevity. It's just been so fun. Yep. Yeah. So um, I did promise a little bit of feedback here, and I'll make it really fast again because now my battery's at 15%. Um, oh, I know. We'll wrap it up. I Sarah, know. I'm actually at the same percentage you are, so we're synchronizing our percentages. <laughs> so on trend with our female-themed episode. I love it. We're synced <laughs> up. Um, oh, I was just um, going to give you guys some shout-out. I really appreciate how you handled the um, Toxic Fandom episode. Oh, um, thank you, Sarah. And uh, I think you guys uh, captured it. Uh, pretty well um, and I think just one one point of interest is that you know really it's there's people want to have a dialogue with their creators but you can't make demands of your creators um, right. of the people who create the fandoms that you like so um, you know sometimes they're going to get it right sometimes they're going to get it wrong and that's your opinion you're totally entitled to it however if your opinion is this thing is too diverse um, fuck you <laughs> yeah. yeah amen sister yes. that's that's just like that one is like mm, no you're just wrong so <laughs> so anyway and that's yeah that's my if, feedback. if you if you too would like to share feedback with us um oh, yeah. based maybe you disagree with us maybe you agree with us maybe you also want more sarah in your ear holes um or you have a proposal how, for roxy how yeah marriage proposal for roxy if you want to send me mail at school as i mentioned before um please do i will respond to you i will be your pen pal i have both harry potter and lisa frank stationery with dolphins on it straight out of the 90s like i will write back to you if you send me like a plush goat from you goat mail i will take pictures of it all around Mm -hmm. town and like post it on the nerdotomy facebook page i'll like take it on little adventures with me and thank you in in every single picture um but uh, as opposed to my selfish requests for plush goats, Sarah, how else can they reach us? Well, you guys, you can go to nerdonomy.com and click that talk to us button and it will shoot an email right to everybody's inbox. Even mine. I still get the emails. So, Yay. you know, send me something. Um, otherwise, you can also catch us up on the social meds. Uh, if you search <laughs> on... <laughs> the Californians. Right? If you, <laughs> if you search uh, for nerdonomy. Um, you will find us, I promise you. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, are we on Snapchat? Oh, I shit. don't think so, no. 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 We probably shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't know. That's, no. I hear all the cool kids are on that one now. But oh, anyway. But not most, anymore. But the most important thing, aside from giving us feedback, is to spread the word of nerd like a bird turd. Tell your friends, give a review on iTunes, and just, um, you know, start uh, carving it into bathroom stalls. Do it. Do it. And do if it. you feel so inclined, I mentioned on the last episode, I'm able to broadcast from school now because of generous donations from listeners like you that were able to get me a mic to take to school with me. So if you feel like donating, you can go to our website and hit that donate button. Um, maybe buy a t-shirt. They look real, real cute. Lots of fun. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that you can support uh, your listening habit and the listening habits of others. <laughs> I love it. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. And uh, Sarah, do you so want to take stay us nerdy, stay nerdy, and, <laughs> and tune, tune in. into our next exciting episode. 
Same nerd time. Same, same nerd, nerd channel. Nerdonnery.com. Bye. Aww. See ya. Bye. <laughs> and roll credits. Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Light as a light feather, as a feather stiff, stiff, as a stiff as a board. Light as a light feather, as a stiff, feather as a board. stiff as a board. Oh my god, the cackle at the end, we totally pulled it off. I know. That's perfect. No, that's, that's pretty good. We're one. so witchy. I like that one.